really appreciate you tuning in to our podcast, Extraordinary at Any Age. Every age. Dang. Bill does the same thing. <laughs> we record multiple ones. Any so. age. Every age. Every, every age. Extraordinary at every age. Hello there. Appreciate you tuning in to our podcast, Extraordinary at Every Age. I'm sure by now you're noticing that your normal host is not with you. I'd like to think that you're going to have a special treat with me today. I'm Aaron Roop. I'm the Senior Vice President here at Bishop Gadsden, and I've really got a great opportunity. Um, something that I've really been passionate about is we've went on a journey since I've been here of uh, starting our own rehab program, and our guest today is Janine Balish, who is our uh, Director of Rehab, and she has just been such an exciting part of our, our community. and. So invited her today so we can talk a little bit about rehab, but um, before we get started, so this is my first time hosting a podcast, and you know Janine and I were talking, and you know there's er, er, all of us are a little self-conscious from time to time, and Janine explained to me the reason why we don't like our own voice, and I think that's a great place to start, and then you can just get a sense of Janine's experience. So Janine, help me to understand and help our audience understand. Why don't we like our voice? Hey, Aaron. Thanks. Um, so when we hear our own voice, we are hearing it through air conduction and bone conduction because when we make voicing, it vibrates and the bones inside our bodies are vibrating a little bit. So we get used to a double input of um, sound for ourselves. So when we hear ourselves on recording, we are only getting it through the air conduction. Therefore, you've got less input and your voice sounds very different between what you hear yourself do and what you hear on a recording. Man, that is fascinating. And um, I've always wondered, you know, why is that? Why can I not make myself sound like I sound sometimes when I'm doing a voice note or sending one of those silly emojis on my iPhone with a, you know, a, the giraffe face? You know, I'm like, well, that isn't me speaking, so now I know. Um, another interesting fact is if you've seen anybody with a cochlear implant, huh. that cochlear implant is actually using bone conduction to convey the sound into the olfactory nerve. Wow. Very cool. Well, I appreciate that little uh, extra tidbit today, <laughs> but we'll, let's dive into to you. Uh, I think, Janine, just tell us about you, like your journey to become a therapist, your passion for that. Where did it start and um, how did you find yourself here? Sure. Well, I was really one of the very, very lucky people. When I started college, I actually went for psychology of exceptional children. And the second semester, my freshman year of my undergraduate, I took a normal language development class as part of that major. Just fell in love with the major completely. And that pretty much started my journey as a speech language pathologist. So I finished my bachelor's degree. Um, at that point, I worked exclusively with children and um, loved it, worked in clinics, had so much fun. Moved and then went on to my master's and again, worked for the school district, worked BabyNet, worked NICU, worked pretty much exclusively with children. Thought that's what I wanted to do with my entire life. Several years into the future, I end up having three children and deciding I don't actually really like children. <laughs> It was way too much to have three children at home. I was a stay-at-home mom with them for several years, and when I tried to go back to work, it was just too much. And that's kind of how I was lucky enough to transition into adults. Okay. Um, start working at a 
a CCRC in Mount Pleasant. So kind of experienced all levels that way and kind of built through PRN, part-time, full-time, regional, mentor, all those kinds of things through another company um, until I guess is last spring. I was um, running several Medicare Part A buildings and then also doing some Medicare Part B and the company I was working with decided to get out of Medicare Part A, which pretty much eliminated a lot of positions. Yeah. Yeah. So that's what started my journey on trying to find someplace new. And at that point I thought, do I want to do this? Do I even still loving it? What, what do I want to be my yeah. big girl job? Um, and so I explored a couple of things, looked into a bunch of different avenues and um, ended up just answering an ad for Bishop Gadsden. And once I came in, met with Aaron and Jana and just decided that this, this is the home I want to be in. So um, the community feel, the culture, the, um, the latitude with what we could do, that exciting adventure of developing a new program, bringing this in-house, doing the education, integrating into every part of the community, which is something that I never had the opportunity to do with my old contract company. Sure. They were extremely focused on, you just do therapy. That is it. <laughs> and that is what we did, which I loved. But now here at Bishop Gadsden, I'm able to kind of integrate into all avenues and bring some exciting programs, do those um, talks, monthly talks with the independent living, monthly talks with the assisted living, um, BG Fit, rolling out that, sharing things with wellness, kind of just being able to integrate therapy for everybody's healthy everyday lives, mm -hmm. not just when you need us in a tragedy. Sure. So that's kind of my uh, short synopsis of my journey till now well that certainly is a great story and you know i can definitely identify you know with a three-week-old baby i always think it's refreshing to get to come to see you know the full spectrum getting to work with seniors here and i do feel like it's a break i can understand why you too said i can only do babies so much <laughs> um but i think that's fantastic you know it's it's funny how the world works you know it's right place and right time you know your, your um, you know, conclusion of a great part of your career where you got to learn so much, you know, in your role with a former company and how that lined up perfectly with Bishop Gadsden saying, we want to evolve what rehab is thought about and how it is enacted here in this community. And it just allowed you to say, this is my next step. This is where I get to go for that evolution where you said you get to do more than just therapy you get to explore more you get to find the things that branch off from that so I think that tells us why you came to Bishop Gadsden uh, is there anything else that you think that really makes Bishop Gadsden different and really makes it different from the standpoint of a therapist or from the standpoint of someone receiving therapy I think it was a little scary walking into a team that kind of already existed because many of the therapists when I came here transitioned over from the contract company prior yeah and it's a little scary walking into a team and just taking on that leadership role um, yeah. changing things and there were a lot of changes because of the of us going you know opening our own and just um, knowing that they maybe will miss their old company or miss things were, that were done and trying to show people you know better ways of doing things or different ways of mm -hmm. doing things the ways that are going to work here. And um, what I found at Bishop Gadsden is 
there is so much support. There is so much support and there's so much grace. And that support and grace come not only from an employee standpoint where I'm walking in and yet I know that I've got the support of all the leadership and then all the other staff, as well as that support and grace from our residents. I have never, um, and I've been in 50 plus communities just as a regional, I've never seen such a relationship develop yeah. between staff and residents where everybody knows each other's life story if they want to. People will stand and talk to you, they'll stop by your office, you'll run into them in the cafe, sharing of that, that menu diner or that eating venue mm -hmm. is incredible because it makes everything a little bit more social and makes it a little bit more open. And it kind of takes, as a therapist, sometimes there's a stigma, if you will, about coming to therapy because people, you know, like, I'm fine. I don't need any therapy. I'm great. And having that social aspect and integration in many avenues of the community takes some of that stigma away. And it kind of makes, you know, therapy a more normalized thing mm -hmm. to do and a fun thing to do. Um, and the other thing that makes Bishop Gadsden stand apart to me is how interested as a community everybody is in wellness, health. Um, as a speech language pathologist, I am passionate about cognition. Sure. And um, there, there's a lot of stigma involved with people who need cognitive therapy because, mm -hmm. but here it's everybody is so interested in preserving their long-term cognition, preserving their long-term health, doing all the things in their life, physical, active, cognitive, to kind of continue to experience an extraordinary life at all ages. And therefore, it's embraced. So I feel like therapy and the team are embraced within the staff and they're embraced with the residents. Sure. So I feel like that makes us stand apart yeah. from other communities. Awesome. Well, I have a feeling that once my wife listens to this podcast, she might want to try to engage me with some of that cognitive therapy because I don't know how many times I walk out the door and walk back in because I forgot something important. So I better watch out. I might have to come see you for that. Yeah, well, I, I've got plenty of books and home exercise programs awesome. to give her. <laughs> no doubt. No doubt. And, I, you know, your experience when you came here was much like mine. I can remember the first time I visited Bishop Gadsden, I really felt like I was stepping onto, like, a scripted movie set. You know, <laughs> I'm driving. You know, I came in the, the service entrance on accident. This might be that cognitive therapy thing again. But I came in and... <laughs> You know, everyone that was out going to their car was stopping and waving. You know, people were, you know, picking up things to make sure everything looked just right. And just, it just felt like it was just timed, just like so. And I was like, what is this place? Is this, is this really how it works? And I remember that. And it's just, I got out of my car and there was someone going, I know where you're supposed to be. And I just, it was just incredible. So I, I do think I'm glad that you saw the same things that I saw. And, and I do think it is something that makes it so special. It's not just at the initiation. It's carried through every day. Yeah. Every time, every movement. So it's, it's not just, hey, let's put on a show for this new person coming in. It is literally the culture here. And that's it what is. makes it easier. It makes it a more welcoming place for therapy. Like you said, there's mm -hmm. sometimes there's a stigma or it feels like, you know, like me, uh, like I can tough it out. I'm good. That's another you know, one, yeah. You know, I don't need that. And then, but with an environment that's friendly and welcoming and open like that, you can go into a situation where you do need a little bit of help before you need a lot of help and start working on feeling better. Yeah. I like to call it a tune-up. 
Okay. <laughs> just come on in and we'll give you a tune-up and get you back and rolling. <laughs> get some new shocks and set <laughs> of tires and be on the way. There you go. That is awesome. So I imagine a lot of our uh, podcast listeners know about Gaston Glenn. Now, for those that don't, Gaston Glenn is our new uh, aspirational, as I like to describe it as. It's our new healthcare center. It has uh, skilled nursing and it's going to have a rehab product big part of what we're doing over there. So I'd really like if you could talk to me a little bit about what the transition to Gaston Glen has been for you as the leader of our rehab team, but also maybe for your therapists and for the changes in programming at the Gaston Glen. Absolutely. Um, it has been a really exciting couple of months. Um, we all kind of felt like we're on the edge of a cliff, like just dying to dive right in. <laughs> and start swimming while we waited for the building to be completed and all the licensure and to get our residents moved over there and settled and happy. Um, the building is massive. So there's definitely an adjustment period sure. in just working out the logistics of having to find people or having to bring people over, or, yeah. you know, all those kinds of issues um, as far as not issues, but changes, transitions. Um, one of the things in our long-term care setting that just amazed me is a couple weeks ago, um, the director of nursing, well, director of clinical excellence, um, put out a request on a weekend, early, early morning, Saturday morning request, I need some help with meals right now. And it's because of the transition, because of just having to feel out from one central place to four different. Mm -hmm. And within five minutes, at least half the leadership team had responded, I'll be there, what do you need? I'll be there, what do you need? And um, going and helping with you know, serving meals or interacting with residents during those meal times and such was such a uplifting experience mm -hmm. for all of us on the leadership team mm -hmm. um, because it's, we were so on the verge of diving into this new thing that it kind of grounded us and helped us remember this this is why we did this this is why we want to embark on this aspirational journey we want to give that quality of life and that personal relationship with every person through our community every stage of their lives and so um and i was just amazed again that speaks i guess to the culture i had actually texted my rehab team and said can anybody come help again within five minutes People are answering, people are showing up, people are taking out of their weekends to spend the time, and it's been ongoing. Everybody's been helping, dropping by, just making sure that, that this transition is happy and safe and wonderful for our residents. What we're about to embark on is, or what we're starting to embark on right now, is a um, short-term rehab, and this will be a first for Bishop Gadsden. Um, short-term rehab requires that people have a three-day hospital stay and get recommendations from the hospital in order to use their Medicare Part A benefit. So for the first time, um, we'll be taking people from the community in general mm -hmm. into our short-term rehab and have a chance to show them the hospitality and the love of the community yeah. and to really kind of spoil them as they work on their wellness journey. Most of the time, people coming into short-term rehab, they are not able to return home. So they're not very happy yeah, <laughs> because everybody yeah. just wants to go home. Um, so we want to kind of transcend that, oh, I have to go to rehab, this is the worst experience of my life, mm -hmm. to, oh, I get to go to rehab and I can't wait to be healthier than I've ever been or healthier than I was when this started. 
um, the short-term rehab will be intense. We'll, everybody will be evaluated by all therapy disciplines. We also have a recreational therapist, which will work in kind of that gap of, of carrying over and helping to transition some of our rehab techniques and rehab um, programs into people doing them in their rooms on their own home exercise program so that, that when they leave, they are set to kind of continue mm -hmm. on their um, journey of wellness. So um, multiple disciplines, multiple times a day. Um, I want to start a lot of interaction. A lot of times in rehabs I've worked in, People come in, they stay in their rooms, they come out for therapy, they go back to their rooms, and there's no um, social aspect. Mm -hmm. And so in looking towards this, we want to be able to invite people to enjoy a social aspect with other people who are in rehab at that time, to be able to commiserate, to be able to discuss, to be able to help each other on their journey along because we do life in community and we should be doing, especially when we're at a low part of our life, healing in community. Yeah. So we want to kind of um, emphasize that or encourage people to participate in that so that they will spend time together, not just in rehab, but in other avenues so that they are kind of all embarking on this journey together. People will come, people will go, new people will come in, but we can always foster that welcoming, inviting, let us help you along on the journey. And the big thing that I always say with rehab is it's when people will thank you. Oh, thank you. You've been wonderful. No, it's not me. I'm just your guide. You're the one who does the work. You're the one who improves. Mm -hmm. I'm just here to hold your hand and help you. Yeah. So kind of carrying over that um, journey of health and the ownership that people have because they'll be so much more proud and be able to carry it over and continue health, healthy life if they can own the fact that they are the ones who did it. Yeah. And then hopefully they won't have to return. But if they have a good enough experience, <laughs> sure. If they ever do, we would love to have people come back. Yeah, they'll be they'll find themselves in a place where they got a little hitch in their giddy up, and instead of being worried about, they'll be going, "I get to go back to the Glen." Mm -hmm. And I can tell you, um, I think what you said is is beautiful and uh, just so right. Is that the healing takes healing of a of a person takes much more than just the weights or the walking or the you know movement it's it's that spirit mm -hmm. that also has to be fostered and when you're in a community like Bishop Gaston you can achieve that and then this space at the Glen has such an emphasis on hospitality and welcomeness I can see that how that's going to change and also the positive feeling that a family member will get to have too I can just tell you I was uh, clamoring for one of our uh, rooms at the Glen when I was at the hospital with my wife after a c-section and I was laying on an egg crate foam <laughs> uh, on top of a, a metal frame going, I wish I could be at the Glen in one of those comfy couches that we've got in our new patient rooms uh, and wanted to tell everybody about it at the hospital. I have a feeling people are going to transition to the hospital and go, man, I, this is where I want to come first next time. Like, I don't need that hospital junk. Let's just come here. And part but, of the rehab journey that you brought to mind is that family involvement. For sure. We are very focused on, I'm very welcoming. I want families in there. I want to train them. I want to learn together. I want to make it a whole life healing journey. So we're definitely encouraging families to learn mm -hmm. and be able to participate in some of the rehab so that that carryover and that transition is there. And we will be um, 
focusing on developing home exercise programs and things of that nature so that kind of starting day one, you're already looking at how this is going to change your life and how you're going to be able to, in a very simple way, continue with some of these techniques and kind of embrace them as part of your new lifestyle. Sure. So I'm going to ask you a question that may be more for me, but I think the audience could probably also benefit. So I'm, just, I'm sitting here in a knee brace right now with a little hitch in my giddy up, a little, little ache and pain. What are some of the misconceptions that you hear about rehab that could help someone to engage in that journey to not have to suffer uh, or not have to deal with that ache and pain or better manage it? What, what are those misconceptions that would help me and the audience or you know, a family member or someone that might be listening to think about when they're thinking about, is it time for rehab or I don't know about rehab, what do I need to know? Well, one misconception I've heard very often is that um, physical therapists are sadists who just want to hurt us. <laughs> That's not true. <laughs> well, I'm glad to hear that. So that wasn't a fear had it for a moment and you've already made it go away. But I'm glad to hear that they're there for more than just pain and torturing us. I saw like a bed of nails in my mind and one of those stretch racks. I'm not going to find that, it sounds like. <laughs> no, um, I think people have a misconception that physical therapy is just a um, kind of like a military boot camp. That okay. there's a set amount of, there's a set routine, there's a set amount of exercises. We're going to make you do this, 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 and then we're just going to discharge you because all we're not interested in your overall health. And that is very not true. Each um, therapy program is designed specifically, individually for you okay. and for your needs. And it takes into account all aspects of your life. So we are going to look at kind of what, what was your activity level prior to this? Because mm -hmm. that weighs in very heavily on where you want to go. Um, if you have a pretty sedentary lifestyle, you just want to get up from the couch, go to the bathroom and get back on the couch, then we'll encourage a little more but if that's your choice that's your choice and we're going to design something to make that pain free sure um we have hundreds of techniques to reduce pain that are a lot more effective than just putting on like your um oh what do they even call it bengay i prefer biofreeze <laughs> but i guess everyone has their their favorite potion right we're also we look at um function okay so instead of having you just do a lot of exercises for exercise sakes, what exercises are going to get you those functions that you want back? Okay. And kind of focusing on what do you need to do, what do you want to do, and how are we going to get you there the quickest with the least amount of pain? Um, and I always encourage my therapist, and I encourage any resident or patient who ever comes to therapy, if you have a question, ask a question. Mm -hmm. Ask why. Why are you having me march in place? Well, a good reason to march in place is to work. It helps strengthen the quads and your hamstrings so that you can do a sit to stand easier. Okay. Um, so that's kind of trying to kind of focus on because I feel like when people understand what they're doing, they're more likely to do it correctly or to ask for correction, and they're more likely to get the most benefit out of it. Okay, wow. I mean, that because I kind of had the same thought. I thought it was going to be a boot camp. I thought I'd walk in and they're going to tell me to do like 26 scissor kicks and then I'll be good. But you're you're doing more than that. You're saying, hey, we're going to do this range of motion or this pushing or pulling and this is why it's going to benefit you. Absolutely. I find that a lot with um, swallowing therapy as a speech therapist. 
We do a lot of crazy exercises like bite your tongue and swallow. Well, why are we doing that? Because that makes literally no sense. <laughs> it sounds painful. <laughs> so um, <laughs> I have, I, you know, provide an explanation of, okay, well, your tongue in your mouth, it retracts when you swallow, the back of your throat moves forward, they touch, which creates a negative pressure vacuum to bring the food or drink down quickly so that it can get past your airway. There's always an explanation, there's always a reason why. And I think a lot of times people either don't ask sure. or therapists don't volunteer that. Okay. So one of the parts of our program is always putting you in the know okay. and increasing your understanding so that if you understand, you're able to do. I don't want to randomly just do exercise for exercise sake. I want to do what's going to help me. Okay. If that makes sense. So we've talked about the misconceptions. So together we have removed my barriers and everyone else's barrier to wanting to engage therapy. We've got that out of the way. So let's talk about why it's important and why it's important specifically for seniors to think about rehab, to consider rehab, to access it earlier. What do you think? Why is it so important for this group? It's so important because we as a generation are living longer. Yeah. And our bodies, if we don't preserve them and help them to make that living longer, healthier, are not able to kind of tolerate some of the wear and tear. Mm -hmm. As I said earlier, kind of everybody needs a tune-up every once in a while. That's right. Including your young high-speed athletes. Sure. They are getting tune-ups all the time. So they are doing therapy to kind of get their body back in shape. As we age, our... Um, our joints, the, the cushion between our joints wears down. Um, the, your range of motion, active and passive, decreases. Your muscle density and strength decreases. Um, and that's just a natural effect of aging. Okay. Um, I tell people, you know, we, um, <laughs> uh, we work on, um, being able to kind of preserve that function, to be able to return that function after an accident or an incident, mm -hmm. and to be able to um, take that improvement and extend the life of it. Okay. So you're not continually going back and forth and back and forth. Therapy a lot of times works with pain by treating the cause of the pain. A lot of times the cause of the pain might be an imbalance between your muscles, imbalance between your abdominal and your back muscles can cause back pain. Overuse of your muscles from a job that you did can cause, you know, tears or things of that nature that need to be kind of healed. And then part of therapy is compensation or adaption. Okay. So maybe there's a better way to do things. And if you allow me, think about the proper way to lift something. Yeah. People just bend over at the waist, pick it up and lift it. Well, that puts your back at Yank it as hard as you can. <laughs> so um, part of what you might learn in therapy is to bend at the knees to lift. Okay. Because then you're using your whole body and not putting the pressure right on your lower back. There you go. So therapy kind of helps with the, the healing as well as the learning compensatory strategies or adaptions to preserve your function so you don't end up hurt again. One of the other things is people will very often say, I don't want to go to therapy, they're just going to stick me on a walker. <laughs> I don't know if you've ever heard that. That's not true. 
okay. walker is an assistive device. It is not 100% recommended for everyone. Sometimes a walker can get in their way. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, but what I like to tell people is when you get in the car, do you put a seatbelt on? Well, yes, of course you do. Why? Are you planning on having an accident? Are you planning on crashing that you need that seatbelt to keep you safe? Absolutely not. Well, your walker, your cane, your assistive device is that seatbelt. Okay. You're not planning on falling. You're not planning on maybe even needing it. But you put it on just in case. And using different pieces of adaptive equipment like a walker is your just in case. So that if something, it can help something stop from happening, or if something does happen, it can keep you safe. That makes complete sense. You know, for me, I would be all for a walker because I'm going to be like putting like flames on it. I'm going to have like a hot rod walker, is what I'd be going for. So, you know, if I go see a therapist, they may be telling me, no, Aaron, you cannot have one. You can do that to your car or something. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> go a different way. So, I really as I said, individualized for each person. Well, I really appreciate that, and I appreciate all the insight you've given. I think that I feel like I know more about therapy than I did before. I feel like I am going to maybe think about getting a referral myself, because I'm sure I've done some overuse or something, and I'm sure that others out there are in the same boat, and um, maybe even some of those here in our community who haven't thought about it before, this will be the opportunity after getting to you know, listen to your insight, listen to how you dispelled some of those misconceptions, and talked about how it's not going to be boot camp. No. It sounds like there might be some pain, but there's going to be a lot of gain. A lot of gain. A lot of gain. And come out even better than you were before. really appreciate that. Janine, any final thoughts? What else would you like the world to know? Oh, y'all, therapy is fun. It's... Um, it, it, it challenges you, it motivates you, it um, kind of helps you to feel independent, remain independent, and just kind of bring you to that next level. Okay. And that's, that's what we seek to do, and we're here for you if you ever need us. We're happy when you don't, but please do stop by and say hello. <laughs> and we're always looking for kind of any... Um, ideas, any kind of fitness, any kind of anything like that that you're interested in, please come see me because I'm more than happy to kind of integrate, develop a program, or at least discuss something because we're here for you and for your benefits and for your needs. That's awesome. Thank you for your time today, Janine, and I appreciate everyone tuning in. My pleasure.